Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is May 3rd, 2019. It's a Friday. I can't believe it. We're just rolling into May pretty quickly. Next Sunday, not this Sunday, is Mother's Day. So life is life is just moving along. Today's show, I had a question last week that I, I didn't answer. I didn't get to it. And it was from Chris Kipwoods in Ireland. And he wrote on my page. And the question really took me back. Because it was the second time I've heard that question, and I want to say two and a half times, because one person said it like the other but didn't use the words, was, why do some people love nothing? Think about that. Why do some people love nothing? The other time I heard that question Somebody asked me, one of my sisters asked me, why do you love people and I don't? And the halftime was the wife of a friend who said to me, how come I can't be nice? And when I hear those words, I can't, I don't, I don't feel, I can't feel this certain emotion. My big question is, when did it shut down? And it takes a little bit of work to get there. The the class that I filmed that's not done yet, it's, it's done, it's in editing. It's brought to light how to break down what was there and take a look at it. One of the things that happened um, just yesterday was, you know, they're editing it. So the people who actually saw that class, um, one of them started to do the exercises that I asked everyone to do. So every week there's an exercise to do. They're, They're not hard, but they are because you have to dig. And what I found out is most people know the answers. They just never formally did anything with them. And when you go back to your childhood, even with the mishaps that may have happened, because you only remember them, they clouded the balance of the good things that happened. And we forget the good things that happened. And yesterday, um, one of the people said to me, I just realized my childhood was a lot better than I thought it was. So that alone, or the other one saying, you know, I just feel happy. I feel happy like a child again. Well, Christ said that this information as you grow into it and you assimilate into it, you go back, and I, I've said this before on the show so many times, to before anyone said no to you. 
It's like the whole world just opens up again. And by now I know that it happened. All the stuff people used to think they wanted to do, they found a way to do. It's, it's amazing. Because whatever barrier was there, everybody can love. Everybody. Why do some people love nothing? But over time in life, as we shut down our emotions, not only can't we love, we can't feel any other things either. Because if love is gone, you may say, oh, I feel anger or I feel upset at everybody and the whole world wrongs me and I'm just this body here and all this stuff is happening to it. And the accountability that comes with love is huge because you cannot get to love. You can't get to it. Think about this without getting to yourself first. We may love before we know this information. I mean, I love people like unbelievably my kids, my family, my parents, my friends, you know, in a very strong way. But when I didn't feel good, when my ducks weren't in a row, I couldn't concentrate on anything other than whatever was out of focus in my life for a while. And I had to reel myself in. And somehow I did that, thank God. But I want to talk now about how I did that because if you're not feeling love right now towards anything or anyone or life, that void that's there is because you actually can't feel much else. And there's nobody that doesn't feel it at all or doesn't love anything at all. But when we don't look at it that way, when we don't see it, we just make this broad-based statement and then we live by it and then we create that reality. But how did I do that? So as we get older, the beauty of getting older, I was really very um, problem-focused. If there was a problem, I was going to fix it, and then I was going to be happy. Whatever the problem was, plug it in. Once I fixed it, I was going to be happy. And I found out that there was always something that I would have to fix before I could be happy. And one day, as clear as day, and I told this story before, but I have to say it again because it was such a profound moment. And I was in my early 20s. I was cleaning a floor in the apartment I lived in at the time. And I remember feeling really happy. And then in my brain, I realized I didn't have a big problem to tackle. And I was like, I don't have a problem. Oh, my 
yes. And I literally remember my antenna going up, my fake antenna, but the one that comes out of our head. And it was looking for a problem. Like, well, what about this? Well, what about that? And almost like it went, my brain was going to create a problem for me to have a problem to go back into my routine and fight the world I was living in. But what happened was I couldn't find one. I was like, what about this? Nah. What about that? Nah. And I'm doing this. And then I realized my problem slot was empty. I didn't have anything to put in it. Who was I? And then I said to myself, oh, my God. This is what it feels like to accept my life, like to just accept that I'm happy. And I have to say, a lot of stuff comes with you accepting your happiness. It shocked me all the ripple effects of accepting my happiness. Because once you do that, your brain stops believing that just because you're happy, something's going to happen to take it away. As I grew in life, and especially after seeing Christ, I realized we're all entitled to happiness just like we are to anything else. Why are we scared of the good stuff so much that at times we will not even let ourselves feel it or we shut it down? Chris's words just pierced my heart for a whole week. I knew that I had certain questions to cover last week, but why do some people love nothing? And I'm going to tell you, you do love something. And that's your gateway. Whatever it is, you find yourself doing is what you love. You've made a choice to do it. If what you chose to do every day hurts you or takes away from you, because I know Chris, we all know Chris over the years. He's a beautiful person, a great thinker. He's a musician, kind of a happy-go-lucky Irish in every sense of the word. And in the way of his life, came alcohol, and he's been battling alcoholism for the time we've known him, and he's gone into rehab, and he's come out. So to ask the question, why do some people love nothing, there are things he loves, but the things that he loves are hurting him. And what I want to say is that 
those feelings that we get when we feel like something is stronger than we are and we can't we can't overpower an addiction or we can't overpower certain thoughts and i know i'm saying this now when i'm calm and they're calm but this is when we can hear it and hopefully at the times we need it we can use it go to people who can help you. The reason we start to feel like we love nothing is because we don't feel like anything in this world can support us, can help us, can make our lives feel like our lives are working. So it makes it hard to get up. It makes it hard to go to bed. It makes it hard to stay awake. It makes it hard to go to sleep. It makes it hard to go to work. It makes it hard to do anything. Because in addiction, the only way I look at addiction is that the ego is controlling the show. It's getting us to do things over and over again that become addictions because we know in our heart, we know in our mind what's best for us and what isn't. We know that. But when we can't do it, we start to lose that confidence in ourselves. When we start to lose the confidence in ourselves, now we start losing the confidence in everybody else around us. And when that's gone, we can't feel love. An ego's job is to put a wedge between us and that love that we can feel. All the what about this and what about that gets in the way. Love isn't something that we get to feel because we're good. Love is here for every single human being on this earth. Why? Because that's our origination. That's where we've started. Every single one of us is loved. I want you to think for a minute about a time when something hurt you instantly, like someone said something and you're like, oh, wow, I can't believe they just said that. And then you just stood there. And like you, you almost couldn't believe it so much so that you, you couldn't even react. Even if it's someone like you love and you're having an argument and, and they just dump something on you and you're like, holy cow, I didn't know you felt that way. And you're standing there going, and you could feel like this part of you inside think like you, you it was just like you you need a week to think about it or to get back to how you felt that that moment and if you surround yourself with people who do that regularly their voice becomes what you think over and over again if someone tells you oh well you always do that well you know you, you never did that right you can never really do anything right and you're you know taking this in, and it hurts. 
and then you get used to living with that hurt. It starts clouding your opinion of life. And as it clouds your opinion of life, you start, the first thing that goes is you feeling lust because now you feel anger, you feel sadness, you feel hurt. And if it's unaddressed, where's it going to go? It's going to stay. When we self-account, at the very least, we bring it to the forefront and we look at it and we say, what just happened there? And then in that, we take what's ours and we throw away the rest. But if we don't get to that, we're going to live with that baggage, that garbage that starts running our brain. Love is the greatest strength we have, and at the same time, at the same time, not only is it our greatest strength, it's our greatest fragility. It's our greatest fragility. Next week, I am going to do two shows. I'm usually not this far in advance, but I think it was on Wednesday. I was, no, it was Tuesday. I was driving to Pasadena, and of course, while I'm driving, I'm getting all these ideas of, like, better ways to talk about things, and one of them was separating energy. I never, ever thought about separating energies. I I knew that we can give energy back. We can give people back their feelings and take them out of us. It's a little bit of work, but I can do it with people. But I just saw how I can do it just on the radio show, and you could use that information. But how to separate energy. And it fascinated my mind to the point where I couldn't wait You know how normally you don't want traffic and you just want to go? I couldn't wait until I was in traffic and slowed down enough to just talk it into my phone so I wouldn't forget it. Because when we can ask a question, like why do some people love nothing, you're you're just saying, hey, you know what, I'm void of feelings right now. And I want to tell you, when you don't feel anything, that's not forever. And the more stuff you have in the way between you and love, the more stuff we have to get through to get back to who you are, bridging your soul back to you. That's the first thing Christ said to me. Your job is to bridge people's souls back to you. And my question was, how? Those questions have been answered, at least as much as I know up until today. How and who? How was him teaching me? Who started with me? Nobody's exempt from learning. Was it easy? No. 
what is it? Was it enlightening? Yes. Think about everything that you didn't want to do that you did. At the end of the day, you're like, God, I'm glad I did that. Holy cow. I did not expect this reaction. It is not possible to love nothing. And I have to start there because that one question just, it, it's like it caused an explosion like a volcano that just, you know, it, it's like quiet and then it erupts. Like, wait a minute, and this, and, and wait a minute, you know, it, don't let this thought come in. Don't let that thought come in. Throw that out. Get rid of that. And I feel like, you know, those street sweepers, I'm coming through and whatever's there, we, we, we need to get rid of it, and we can. It's only there because we don't know we can move it yet. But there isn't anything inside of us that we cannot move, that we cannot get rid of, that we cannot grow past. Think about stuff 10 years ago that bugged the heck out of you. And now you're like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I've not only gotten over it, it looks so little right now. Yeah, it was hard at the time because I didn't know this and this and this. How many times have we done that? And who said that you can't do it again? What problem is so big that we cannot walk through it? Even when we die, we will see each other again. Even when we die, our biggest fear of dying and losing and we will see each other again. We will. So let's take out that biggest fear of loss. Not feeling love is something we can grow through. We all need support systems. For some people, we are a support system, and for others, we need the support. And it's okay to be in both places. We have to give ourselves the space to grow. Because if we do, and then the ego comes in and says, well, you never were okay. You always mess up. Being okay is for everybody else, and there you go. You just start buying it. But you can also put the brakes on it. And I'm talking screeching like, and let it crash into the wall. Great sound effect. But that's how I always think of shutting the ego down. Like, oh, you just got in an accident. I'm, I'm going to pass the accident and keep driving. That's how I think about ego. Because ego can take us all the way into wanting to kill ourselves. Then it really succeeded. But it's not meant to succeed. It's meant to be a threshold for us to grow past. But if we actually don't recognize that it's ego talking, we believe it. 
We know deeper inside it's not true. We know deeper inside it's not the original us. But somehow we need it to do the thinking for us. And when we allow it to do the thinking for us, it's just going to take us down a road of many, many lessons. And that's not bad either if we can get through them. And when Christ said that God speaks to us through each other, for that very reason, I tell you, to go talk to a friend, a parent, a sibling, a neighbor, your children, talk. Because when you see the look on someone else's faces, forget what they even say back to you of compassion, of understanding, of love, of caring, of seeing your vulnerabilities, of being able to say back to you, hey, you know what? That's actually not so bad. I know it feels bad. I know it's not easy. I know. I know. Just that will start to begin to soothe your soul. It doesn't take much, but that interaction has love in it. When that love can calm your soul down enough to see that that voice that's telling you that you can't feel love is lying flat-out lies. Whenever you hear in your head things like, I'm not lovable, I can't do this, I've never won anything. I used to say that one all the time. Everyone used to win contests. You'd be like, I never won anything. I never win anything. Always other people win everything. Stop saying that. I started winning stuff. And it was fun. But I created that. No one else created that. No one didn't let me win anything. My brain said I didn't win anything. My brain said, oh, only people who understand English know certain things because I couldn't speak the language. But when I look back as an adult, I was like, oh, my gosh, it made me a great listener. It made me a great observer because I had to figure things out by how people were acting because I couldn't understand what they were saying. And instead of saying, no, I couldn't speak English until I was five for me, I'm like, wow, I couldn't speak English until I was five. And this is what I've learned because of that. When you turn it around, you turn the energy around, the energy works with you instead of against you. Any barrier you have in your life right now as you're listening to this show that you think that's not for me or I can't do that, you are lying to yourself because it is not true. And I'm telling you now, blanket statement, I don't even need to know what it is. It is not true. It is a lie. 
It is ego wanting to force you to grow through it, not succumb to it. Ultimately, if you can imagine this, remember the thing, the story between the lie and the truth, and at the end of the day, the lie tells the truth, truth, I want to be just like you? That's ego. Ego doesn't want to not be loved, but it wants to strengthen your love. Ultimately, that's the job of ego, or it would not exist. But if we buy the ego hook, line, and sinker, because we all have an ego, there's nobody on earth ego-less. Even me with Christ. It was getting me to fight Christ. Tell him to go away. I don't want to be weird. I don't want to be this. I don't want to be that. And then one day I'm like sitting in the car and I feel this great feeling of love. And I'm like, where did that come from? It came from Christ. So then I'm like talking to myself in the car and I'm like, geez, that feeling is so great that I'm going to follow that feeling and whatever tries to get in the way of it, God helped me through it. I made a choice. It was a choice. What if I made the other choice? Of, yeah, I saw Christ, but I pushed him away. I took care of that. I wouldn't know any of you guys. That's what ego takes away. That's how ego takes away. But instead, whatever it took, I did because I understood where I was going. And ego just tries to get in the way. You guys, I can't believe the show is over. I have like 10 seconds. Have a great weekend. I love you guys. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.